worshiping first. Uh, Acts 20, 35. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than receive. It is more blessed to give than receive. And why am I talking about, I'm going to explain something to you. Why am I talking about this? Why am I talking about receiving? Because I, was, I knew that we needed to operate in abundance to do every good work. We know that from the word. We knew that. Nicole and I knew that for years. But it's like we just could not break through. We could not break through, not just in our finances, in many things. Finances is, remember, the little thing that leads to the much. So I need to get a control of money. You know, what is in here, it doesn't happen because we've taught on it. But in most churches you go to, as soon as you start bringing up money, it's like you can feel the air sucked out of the room. Like, please move on to something else, Pastor. But not here because we've taught on it. But in a lot of churches, that's it. That means that they don't under have an understanding of the small thing. That means they're never going to walk in the glory like they should. Like it talks about in Ephesians chapter 1. An administration suitable to the fullness. And in context, what it means is the fullness of God's glory. So a church is not going to rise up to that level until they understand giving. Matter of fact, if you have any ministers that know anything about the Spirit, what they're always watching for, for breakthrough in a, in a church or in a service, is when the people start to give. Because when they start to give, something has happened in their heart. Right? Something's happened. Have you ever had breakthrough with God, and all of a sudden you have breakthrough with the Lord? And... Uh, What's the first thing you want to do? It's exactly what Paul just, just talked about a second ago. For God so loved that as soon as they moved into love, they gave. There's a breakthrough there, right? So you've got to have that balance. But we were having this uh, where all of a sudden we just weren't breaking through in many things, money included. And we needed to understand what is going on, what, what's happening. And the Lord said, you don't know how to receive. I'm like don't know how to receive, let somebody write me a million dollar check. I'll receive that thing quick. Don't know how to receive. But see, you're never going to receive the million dollar check if you keep denying the people that are trying to give you lunch. And so we did not know how to receive on that level, and we're still working. To get better at it. But I'm going to tell you, this broke through. I started to have to learn. You know, a lot of times people don't call the church. They don't want to counsel because they're like, I don't, I don't need help. I can do it myself. They don't know how to receive. It's the same issue. They don't know how to receive from others. They're going through life thinking they've got to do it all on their own. Them and Jesus. The problem is they're missing Jesus pouring through other people. That's the design. You know, Galatians 3.8, I preach the gospel beforehand to others saying, through you, through a person, all the nations would be blessed. That's the design. Come through a person into other people. And so in, or, in order for me to receive, I've got to receive through other people. That's a main way that God, the main way that God gets uh, things to you, impartation, that he gets finances to you through other people. You've got to become a good receiver. 
You must become, and it's not just on money. It's got to be, you've got to be a good receiver in everything. One of the verses he took me to was this one where it says it's more blessed to give than receive. And here's what God said to me. He said, I never said it wasn't blessed to receive. I went, he didn't say that. I was like, in other words, receiving is a blessing too. It's just more blessed to give. Why? Why? Why is that? We were talking uh, the other day. If I have, if I have a seed, and uh, you know, you, you shouldn't crumble up your notes like that. Generally, that means you're mad at me and you don't like them. But I'm doing it. And uh, so, if I have a seed and I give, right? And I plant that seed. Not only do I have the satisfaction of acting like my father, but now I also have a harvest that's coming. So now I have the reception in the future as well. You see? So I've got to see. But when I have a reception, uh, then I've got to choose whether or not I'm going to be a giver. Once I receive the promise, I've got to decide, am I going to you know, serve the Lord by giving? Am I going to do things properly? Am I going to serve? We've got to become givers. If you don't move to being givers, you're not, you're not like God. You're not acting like Him. But in order to be a giver, you've got to learn how to receive. Now, I want you to do an exercise with me right here. All right, ready? Everybody take a deep breath. Okay, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give this room every ounce of breath that's in your lungs. Okay, ready? Take a deep breath and give this room every bit of breath in your lungs. Ready? Give. Now, don't move. Don't suck back in. Now, give some more. Now, give some more. What's the matter? What's got to happen for you to give? You're talking to me, see? Y'all are not being obedient. <laughs> I was really going for some blue faces here. What, what's the issue? You've got to receive back before you can give again. See, even nature shows us this. We must learn how to receive in order to give. There's a cycle. Now, notice Paul put them together concerning giving and receiving concerning giving and receiving he was just talking about churches he was just talking about churches given to him but he said concerning this it's a matter of giving and receiving so we must become good at both there's a balance there if we're only receiving uh, if we're only receiving that's not good if we're only giving that's not good either way it comes to an end you've got to have both. You've got to become good receivers in order to be a good giver. So, you know, if you stand up in a ministry and you say, it's not all about the getting. It's not all about getting. No, it's not all about getting. But what happens is people will take that and they'll get to the place where they never receive. And all of a sudden, it's not going to take long. They're high and dry. There's nothing left to give. There's not, nothing left to serve because they're not receiving. Even in uh, this, this past week, you know, we went to a conference down with Pastor Rodney. And uh, why do I go to those things? Because I can, I can give out here. And, and I, you know, it's like what he says. I, I take a drink of the Holy Ghost, the new wine, while I'm ministering as well, Right. But, and I receive that way, but there's something about me submitting myself and receiving as a congregant, sitting there and saying, I need to receive, you know, the same way you are receiving this morning. I have to receive. Why? Because I need to give out. 
And you'll notice, I'll, you know, when I'll come back from a con- conference, I'll be full of the fire of God. And, and you'll notice that it's always higher, right, when I get, why? Because I just received, I want to give. I just received, I want to give. Barrett had that this morning. I could see it. She wanted to give. Jade had it. I wanted to give. Now watch this. Both of them, they were down there. The shavers were down there this week. Watch. So they both, they're just overflowing. I mean, it's coming out, right? Why? Because they're full. What happens to a balloon when you fill it up with water and you don't tie it? You leave an outflow. It shoots water everywhere, right? Same thing. And watch what happened. So Paul told me, and Jade gets up there this morning in our prayer, uh, you know, that we have every Sunday at 9. And, and everybody needs to be there. And it was good. And so anyway, Jade gets up there and he, she gets, she lets go. She had received and all of a sudden she's full. <laughs> and, and she overflows, which is the design. She got loud. <laughs> well, that overflowed on to Paul. Yeah. And then Paul got up here. And, what? Why? It was giving and receiving. She went, uh, somebody gave, she received. She gave, somebody received. He gave, somebody received. This is the process. But it always involves both. Now let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. See, if you don't understand receiving, then it's hard for you to even understand anything in the kingdom of God. Because it's all about receiving and giving. Now, again, if you don't have giving, it'll dry up. If you don't have receiving, it'll dry up. You must have both. That's why Paul included them together concerning giving and receiving. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance. Another word for this word substance is support. Faith is the support of things hoped for. Uh, You got that uh, slide. Go ahead and pull it up, the triangle with the three parts, faith, hope, and love. Faith is the support or the substance, right? Now, it's interesting. Does everybody see this wall over here? Do you actually see the wall? Or, everybody's like, I have no idea how to answer that right now. Do you actually see the wall, or do you see the face of the wall? You see the face of the wall. The actual wall itself is not only the face, it's what's behind it. There's a support. Or there's a substance, there's a substance behind that wall. There's, there's the wood, there's the nails or the screws, however they put it together. There's the framework. Faith is the framework that brings our promise into manifestation. Faith is that, that way, right? Faith is that way that we reach out to God and receive. And when we receive it spiritually, then it gives it the ability to manifest physically. When you build the wall behind it, it gives us the ability to put a face on it, right? So we receive things spiritually. You'll, you see this, it says faith is the substance or the support of things hoped for. 
It is the evidence of things not seen. In other words, if I have faith and you see me in faith, there's an evidence that what is not seen at this moment is getting ready to be seen. Glory to God. If you receive that truth, say amen. amen. If I have faith, then that will give you the evidence that we're about to see the thing hoped for, the, to see the promise. We're about to see it, but I've got to get in faith. I've got to receive that promise, receive that thing hoped for, receive that physical manifestation by faith. Faith is what will reach out and grab a hold of. Faith is what will support that and give it. See, if we don't have that framework, then that veneer, the face of the wall, just falls to the ground. But faith gives it the structure, the support. Faith gives it that structure and support that it needs for it to come into manifestation and stay there. All right, so one of the things, if you'll put that graphic up, you'll see here that on that you have at the top hope and then faith and then love. Don't you know that the scripture says... Uh, just keep that up there for a second. The scripture says, faith worketh by love. So if I'm trying to apply faith and I don't have love, then my faith is going to fall to the ground. If I'm trying to hope for something, a joyful, confident expectation, and what do we hope for? The promises of God. The promise, and the point of a promise is to receive it. That's why a giver gives a promise. is so that there will be a, rece a receiver. So if I'm hoping for a promise, I'm in joy over a promise. I'm in confidence over a promise. I'm in expectation over a promise, but I don't have faith, then I'm never going to see that manifestation because that's the support for things hoped for and faith works, worketh by love or uh, love empowers our faith. So if I don't have a promise I'm hoping for, it doesn't work. If I don't have faith, uh, for that promise, it doesn't work. And if I'm not going after faith by love, none of it works. I must have all three in action. So let me just give you an example of love. Let's say that I'm just believing God for some super duper car, but I don't have love. In other words, I just want it. I'm in the flesh over it. My, my faith's not going to work. Why? Because there's no love in it. I didn't hear that from the Lord, right? Now, it's not saying that he won't tell me, but in this instance, he hadn't told me. I'm not in love. I'm, he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. In other words, I got my ear to the Holy Spirit's uh, mouth, and I'm listening for anything he says so that I can be obedient, and I love him by following his commandment. Jesus tells the Holy Ghost what to relate to me. I receive my instruction from the Holy Spirit, and when I move on that, then all of a sudden I move into the place where I can hear and be obedient, I can move in love, and now my faith works. This is why man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I need to hear. In other words, when you're going, getting ready to go do something else, when you're getting ready to even, even be at a church or even you're, you know, I, I listen all the time. Lord, what are you telling me to do today? What do you, how do you want me to dress today? You know, I'm constantly, I got my ear always open. Why? Because I need that word because in that word is life to the full till it overflows. In that word is how my faith works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that, that the Holy Ghost breathes, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So I need to hear that word and be obedient. Now I have love. Love will empower my faith. 
And then by my faith being empowered by love, it will bring into manifestation the promise. Does that make sense? Can you see it? So watch this. If somebody's, have you ever seen somebody who, who was praying for something and believing for something and it, and it didn't come to pass? Many times the problem is they didn't have a promise to put hope in. They were just making up their own promise. But it wasn't the word. There was no word from the Holy Ghost. So there was nothing to draw into manifestation. They have faith and they have love, but there's no hope. There's no promise. Or they could not be in faith. Or they could not be in love. Many times, so now you can see where somebody's trying. Or let's say they got all three on Sunday morning, but then they walk outside and, and they see you know, the vehicle that, they're, that they have now and not the vehicle they're believing for, that God told them to believe for, and they let their faith fall away. Well, now you just drop the support to bring that promise into manifestation. But if I will stay steady in faith, hope, and love, these three things are eternal and they will abide, right? And they will bring my promise into manifestation. I'll be able to receive that. And once I receive it, I'll now be able to give in abundance for every good work. So this is how a lot of people miss those things. We need to see uh, faith is the substance or the support. Let's look now at Mark chapter 11. And verse 12. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Have you ever, have you ever found out in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, I think it's 23, it says that we are built up and it talks about spirit, soul, and body. So we know that man has three parts, a spirit, soul and body. Now, to make that uh, just in simple, in simple speech, basically, it's the body, the soul is the mind, will, or emotions, and the spirit is the, the core of man, or the heart of man. The spirit is what's made new. You notice when people get born again, all the corruption of their flesh, unfortunately, doesn't fall off, right? And so you still look the exact same in the mirror. But then over a period of time with a renewed spirit, guess what? A lot of people, they'll, they'll look better. They put on a smile. They put on joy. And that spirit renewal starts to have an effect on them. Right? And so, uh, but, you're, and our mind, so our body is not renewed until we receive a glorified body later on. Our body still has the corruption of sin in it, and that's what we constantly have to tell no. And it's always trying to tell us the wrong thing to do. Our mind uh, was not renewed, but needs to be renewed by the washing of the water of the word, right? And our spirit is what's made new, a new creation in God. Amen? So you see those three parts. In order to understand faith, you have to see those pieces. We understand that we have a physical world and a spiritual world, and we don't operate necessarily by a physical world, by things that we see. We focus on things above, right? We focus on the things that are not seen, not the things that are seen. This is what Peter was doing when he kept his eyes on Jesus. He was looking at the eternal, not at the physical in front of him. Because of that, he was able to walk on the water. As soon as he took his eyes off of the things above, off of the eternal, he started to sink, right? So he had received the promise to come 
and by walking on that. But you see that he had enough to step out there, and praise God he did. But as soon as he let that faith drop, he started to drop. Well, it works the same way in your reception as all. We want faith to receive, but we got to know how these things come into being. What's the interaction between the physical and the spiritual? This, this one shows, this verse shows a lot of it here. So verse 12 on the next day when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. And seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Now, there's a whole teaching we could teach on this fig tree. But the biggest thing I want you to see is it wasn't the season for fruit, but that was not enough for Jesus. So that doesn't make Jesus bad. It means we're missing something. We, there's something there he saw that we didn't see. And basically what he saw was this tree still has the curse on it. Jesus didn't have to curse it. It already was cursed because it wasn't productive. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned last week, David Hogan, I heard him say, who are we to say when the king, the king, the king, comes walking by, I have no fruit. Well, it's not the season, Lord. Who cares? He's the king. We need to have fruit in our lives. We constantly need to be walking in fruit. And why? Because in the garden that we are redeemed to, there's one season, production. We are always designed to produce fruit, which is why he can say over in John 15, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Right? That's not a sometimes, that's an all the time. You'll bear much fruit. You'll bear much fruit. There's one season in God. So we need to examine our production. We need to examine our personal fruit. And here this tree was tricking men by having the leaves, acting like it was supposed to have figs, but then they get there, there's no fruit. The curse was active in that, in that tree, all Jesus did was say, you're not going to trick people made in my image anymore. You let no fruit ever be on you again. In other words, he brought the curse in that tree to an end. You're not, you're not going to bring about a lack to people made in my image anymore. Huge point. It was the disciples who said he cursed it. No, the curse was already in there. He brought the curse to an end. So then you go on down to verse 20. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. I love that, from the roots up. See, if we'll learn how to deal with things at the root, they won't be an issue anymore. Then he, then he says this, being reminded, Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Now, this can literally be translated, have the God kind of faith. In other words, use faith like God uses it. All right? And it, then he shows you how to do it. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your trans transgressions. 
But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. So what he shows us is a process of the God kind of faith. What does he Why do we need faith? To receive. Without faith, you don't overcome the lack. You don't overcome the gap between where we're supposed to be and where we're, where we're at. We need to make sure that faith draws the spiritual promise of God into our physical now. We need to learn how to receive. But are you going to receive without faith? No. This is the victory that overcomes the world, overcomes the lack, overcomes the gap that corruption brought in. And your job is to overcome. You're an overcomer. Your job is to overcome. You're an overcomer. Your job is to overcome the gap. You're an overcomer. Your job is to bring the two together. Your job is to fill the void where there's a void and chaos. Your job is to bring peace and grace. That's your job as a believer. That's who you are. But how do we do it? How do we overcome the world, the lack, the void, the chaos, even our faith? Faith is what pulls that together. So we've got to make sure that we know how to operate in these things. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, put on the God kind of faith. Let's look at what he says here. He says, truly I say to you, verse 23, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. It will be granted him. It will be granted him. It will. Now, I've read this verse, and I'm like, glory to God, I know what I just read. Mountain, move. And that mountain stayed. Now, mountain, move. And that mountain stayed. (laughs) And I was like, dang it. (laughs) Why is this not moving? Anybody ever been there with me? Sickness, leave my kids. And that sickness stayed. That's when it gets frustrating. Debt, go away. Ring, ring. I ain't answering. We've got to learn how to apply these things. Now, one of the things he says is, so first thing you want to see in acting in the God kind of faith and receiving the promise is, you've got to say, truly, whoever says. This is a confession. Remember over in Joshua 1.8, if you meditate on my word and day and night, right, then you will make your way successful. Meditate there literally means to mutter, to mutter, which means you've got to be thinking on it. But it means I'm going to say the word. I'm going to say the promise. I'm going to constantly confess what God says. And he says over in Romans 4.17, the God who calleth those things that be not as though they were. This is what we're talking about in faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Calleth those things that be not as though they were. It's the same thing. He's saying you start putting your confession and what you say, your lips on it, the, the fruit of your mouth, and you will taste that fruit, that good fruit, and what it teaches us in Proverbs, that we will eat the fruit thereof, whatever we confess. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, right? And this is how we make the choice. We must say it. So if we come in here and we say, glory to God, glory to God, I am healed, I am healed, and then we walk out the door and we say, oh my gosh, that just kills me. 
canceled. I just sent two different directives to heaven. I just, I just canceled that. And, and people are like, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does know your heart. But out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you just showed your heart. Because you have not, uh, over in James it says this, that if a man does not control his tongue, his religion is worthless. James 1.26, look it up. His religion is worthless if he does not control what his mouth says. So we start to see the God kind of faith. And and how did God, when God uh, overcame, when God overcame, when God overcame, when he was an overcomer over the void in Genesis chapter 1, what did he do? God said, and God said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. He confessed, light be, and light was. He confessed, and you are made in his image and likeness, and you operate like him. And he said, light be. Lazarus, come forth. Peter, come. Tree, may no one eat from you again. Remember, you see this confession constantly. So we must speak, and this is not, this is not how we pray. It's not in our mind. It's got to come out your mouth. It's got to come out your mouth. It's not in your mind. I used to until I was an adult, until I grabbed a hold of this. I felt so silly. But they'd say, let's pray. And I'd go. Amen. That was not praying. Why? Because I'm not operating in his image and likeness. I'm operating in a mental realm, not a spiritual realm. A spiritual realm receives direction by the spirit and it moves a body to confess and speak. That's a spiritual action. So I've got to speak these things. That's why when we pray, I'll say, pray this with me. Pray it out loud. They need to pray. They need to confess. Why? Because they're made in the image. Even somebody who's not born again, they're made in his image and likeness, and the spirit functions the same way. (coughs) Over in uh, Romans chapter 10, it shows us that you confess Jesus as the Lord, right? And you believe in your heart. Same thing. Confession and belief. Confession and believe in your heart, right? And do not doubt. It's the same. See, people can't even be born again if they don't confess right they can't even if they're you know so then you'll have people that'll fuss and argue well I don't want to be part of that name it and claim it crowd or that blab it and grab it well then you don't want to be a Christian because we're not talking about getting weird with it we're just talking about we're talking about (laughs) I was thinking about Will Smith's song hey we're not talking about that we're talking about how God does things how God does things And he didn't say, have your kind of faith. He said, have God's kind of faith. So we have to learn that confession is a key part of it. The next thing he says is, don't doubt in your heart. This is where we believe, we stand up here, we get in faith, and then we go outside and take a look at our car or take a look at the bills, and we we start to go, I don't know if this is going to work. If you've ever heard Andrew Womack, he tells a great story about this. He tells a story about um, uh, himself. He said, I, w- I was sitting up there and I was preaching. He said, and I had been building my faith and I've been learning so much about it and we've been seeing the power of God. 
And about that time, he sees somebody down there, and they're sitting in a wheelchair. And, and he said, man, they're going to get up out of that wheelchair today. They're coming out of that wheelchair. And, and he's like, I, it was all I could do to just keep preaching. All I wanted to do was finish preaching and get to the ministry and get that person out of that wheelchair. And as soon as he was done preaching, he ran down there and he went, come on, come on, get up out of that wheelchair. Went like this, and they fell to the ground. And he was like, oh. And then he thought, lawsuit, you know, ah, ah, what's going to happen now? And he's like helping them put them back in the chair, you know, just get back in the chair. Thank you. And, uh, but he was, now, see, and he says this, he says, you can't tell me I didn't have faith. Who grabs somebody and jerks them up out of a wheelchair? Like, he was operating in faith. But the lady didn't get healed. Why? Because doubt came in. They're different. Unbelief and doubt is different. They're similar, but they're different. He doubted. In that moment, he went, oh, God. And where he had had faith, he dropped that faith through the process of doubt. He doubted in his heart. Uh, Fear came in all of a sudden like this. He says, let me tell you somebody who did it right. Smith Wigglesworth, right? Did you just say that? Yeah, (laughs) I heard you. So then all of a sudden, Smith Wigglesworth gets up, and he's he's standing on the platform. And uh, he's sitting there. And he says, I, lo- I loved hearing Andrew tell this story. And uh, y'all go to Charlotte sometimes over there? Yeah, that's where I heard him tell it. And uh, so anyway, was it Freedom Christian Center? Yeah. And so anyway, he was standing there. He said, Smith Wigglesworth, he'd come up. And uh, he said there was a lady with a tumor on her, on, I think it was on her belly. And she was so weak from the tumor. And, and he called, called them up there. And uh, let me get uh, Jadius and Paul and, and Barrett, come on up, or no, we'll get Rachel to come up here. All right, come up here real quick. Just kind of act this out so you can see it. So the ushers brought, come on up here. He said, bring her up on stage. Well, she's so weak, she can't even stand up. They're holding her up under her arms, probably not like that. <laughs> probably like this. There you go, like, like, now lean on them completely. There you go, awesome. She's like this, and, uh, and Smith Wigglesworth says this, let her go. And they let her go, and you don't have to do this part. She falls on her face. <laughs> that's your daughter. That's what, that's awesome. That was well played, well played. Fall on her, she falls on her face. And everybody's like, what would y'all do if you saw a lady suffering? And all the, <gasps> you know, suck the air out of the room. What's trying to enter? Doubt. doubt. It's faith to bring her up here. Faith to pull that person out. But doubt's gone. But he knew this and he knew what to do. He knew how to do it too. He did not let doubt. And so he said, pick her up. So they picked her up. They got her back up and everything. And they, uh, he goes, let her go. And everybody's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then they're like, and she, what does she do? Falls on her face again. Now everybody's sucked. Oh, my gosh. She's not strong. Leave her. And somebody, I think, somebody, I think he tells it. Somebody said, leave her alone. And then he says, pick her up. And then some guy in the crowd goes, leave her alone, you brute. 
What is that? That's the spirit of doubt. That's doubt. Now, you got to know who you are. you got to know what you're doing. In order to receive, you better know that you know. You know, you just, like, you know, even Andrew telling the story, he was telling the story on himself. He thought he, he thought he had it, and then he found out I wasn't quite there yet, and praise God, the lady didn't sue. It's, it's, you need, but we need to grow to the place where we do not allow doubt to come in, right? And Smith had gotten to that place. He goes, let her go, and the ushers were like, She's going to fall on her face again. You're like, I mean, even the ushers are like, uh, praise God, they eventually listened. But the crowd, he had lost the crowd. Like, they're booing him. They're like, oh, like this. All of a sudden, they let her go. What happens? The third time, falls on her face. He said, pick her up. But when they picked her up this time, the tumor that had been on her, fell out on the ground, and she was completely healed because he did not allow doubt to come in. Yay. <laughs> Y'all did so well. Amen. Thank you. So the first thing we need to do is confess. We need to confess. The second thing is don't allow doubt to come into our heart. And then he says this. He says, Truly I say to you, whatever, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast to the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen. He believes that what he says is going to happen. Have you ever been praying, you're like, I know when I'm praying, this ain't going to happen. This is not going to work. I've been there, I've been there, I've done that too. And then I've had times I'm like, no, this is going to happen right now. This is going to happen right now. I remember one, one day we were walking, I was walking by here and somebody had come in and they were hurting so bad they were limping in. And I was walking by, they were sitting right there on that chair and I walked and the Lord says, get him healed right now. I said, stand up right now, God is going to heal you as soon as we pray. And, uh, and they, he could barely walk, barely walk. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, he was like this to his chair and this is, what, this is not an old person, you know, this is what, 30s? Something like that? You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so he's sitting there, and he's walking. I mean, he's, he's, it took him a while to get to the chair. I said, stand up right now. And uh, so then all of a sudden, I believed, I knew what I was about to say was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I said, in the name of Jesus, all pain leave now. We rebuke that thing. Leave right now. Instantly, he starts crying crocodile tears. I mean, like huge, huge tears. And, and he's, I said, walk on it and he, he walked and it's like Whoa! like because he knew he had just gotten healed and he and he walked out he went running around here right when you believe in your heart that what you say is about to happen there's a difference and you'll know it you'll know when you when you're moving to that place and listen you might not be at that place I've had times where I was there and then a week later I wasn't there all right well don't give up just keep going just keep going because his word is true. I just need to work on me. I just need to get me operating at a higher level, at the God kind of faith because I've got some promises I need to dish out in the overflow. You've got some stuff to overcome. Let's build it up. Let's get to where God wants us to be and let's see the overcoming by faith. Amen? Now, look at the next verse. It says this, verse 24. Therefore I say to you, all things, now notice it doesn't say some things. 
it says all things. All things for which you pray and ask. Believe that you have received them and they will be granted you. Believe that you have received them and they'll be granted you. So one of the things that we're believing is that what we say will come to pass and we're not doubting in our heart, but we're also believing that we are going to receive them. Now go back, look on your sheet right there and you look at Hebrews 11 verse 1. Does that say in the future faith? Does that say sometimes faith? No, it says now. Faith is always an in the present belief. This is what happens. As soon as I see people start to learn a little bit about faith, they're always in, well, I'm just, I'm receiving. Right. right? No, no, no. We're not, it doesn't say you're going to receive. It says they have received. And see, what you're receiving is not necessarily, if you need healing in your body, you're not necessarily receiving the healing. You're receiving his love. When you start to understand that he's already poured out every spiritual blessing in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Another place says he's given us everything pertaining to life. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. These are things that have already been given by his grace, by his love to us. What we're saying is, I believe that I have already received from God. I've already received his love. I'm not waiting on his love. I'm not waiting on healing. I already have it. Listen, I already have it in the spirit right now. And that spiritual truth is bigger than that physical fact. Truth always supersedes so when you see people that are saying, no, I'm healed, and they're sitting there with a the broke arm, you know, and you're like, well, you don't look very healed. Well, we're not talking about looks. We're not talking about the wind and the waves. We're talking about what we have believed that we have received. We're talking about, hey, I've received this spiritual truth. Is there anything? Go, go to Hebrews. He, uh, not Hebrews. Ephesians 1, 3. Pull that up real quick. Just throw it up on the screen. He, Ephesians 1, 3. I want you to see this, that God has already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, say it with me, has, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. How many are you waiting on? None. Say it with me. Say, he's blessed me. Make it personal. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing. You're already blessed. See, it's the person who doesn't see that that will walk in the curse, in the lesser harvest. Because, see, what happens is when you start to know that I'm already blessed with every spiritual blessing, he's already carried, let's just talk healing for a second, use that as an example. He's already blessed me with the spiritual blessing of healing. I'm not waiting on it. I already have it. I already have it. It's mine. It's mine, right? 
I'm not waiting for him to bear my sicknesses on the cross. He's already borne my sicknesses on the cross. I'm not waiting for him to heal me by his stripes. Go into 1 Peter 2.24. I'm not waiting for that. He's already healed me by his stripes. So spiritual truth already declares you are the healed of the Lord. You are prosperous. You are whole. You are redeemed from every piece of the curse. So then all of a sudden when the devil comes to you and tries to give you something, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. That's not who I am. I'm already blessed. How can I be sick when God's already healed me? And so it's not that the devil's not trying to throw sickness on your body. It's not that the curse is not trying to be the curse. It's that you understand a truth that's higher than that fact. You're denying that fact a right to have precedent in your life over the truth. No, I'm not going to listen to you pain over what my father who loves me and, my, and his son, my savior, my Lord, and my king who gave me every drop of his blood, who took stripes for me. I'm not going to listen to you sickness, a part of the curse and a part of the devil's plan over my loving father's plan. I'm not going to do it. And so we can sit there and we can talk about the broke arm or we can say, and we're not saying, look, somebody comes up, let's say Jay just comes up and he had a broke arm. I'm not going to be like, you ain't sick, get over yourself, boy. That would be wrong. How dare you think you're sick? That, that's pride. That's pride. Girl, what, you, you just, you, you won't have any problems. Well, you might not have any problems in Jesus, but she might still have some stuff to work on, right? (laughs) Anybody in here ever not been where you needed to be? Anybody in here ever not been where God called you to be? And see, that's what the church will do so many times is they'll run around, they'll get, they'll get, they'll start to learn things like this. And all of a sudden they, they start trying to correct everybody. They start trying to be the Holy Ghost to everybody. What does that person need? Mercy, grace, the peace of God. Stop trying to clean them up. The Holy Ghost is the cleaner. Just be the mercy and the grace of God. Somebody comes up to me and says, look, I, I have my healing now. And it's manifesting as we speak. And this is what, this is what I'll say. I don't even say I'm, I'm waiting on it to come. I don't say I'm, re- I'm receiving it in that way. I believe I've already received it. I'm, I've received it spiritually. It's manifesting now. Well, it doesn't look like it's manifesting. I, well, I don't really care what it looks like. It's manifesting because I know I have a promise on it, you know. So you might have somebody that knows that and sees those things uh, in the Word. And they're already wanting You'll say, amen, I agree with you. Manifestation be now in Jesus' name. But you may have somebody that says, oh, I'm just broke. I'm just in so much pain. I'm sick. I've got this disease. I've got this disease. It's good for you to stop saying you got disease. Stop taking ownership on it. Take ownership of healing more than you take ownership of a doctor's report. Let, you know, take ownership of the promise and the truth more than you take ownership of something else. But if somebody comes up to me and they're like, I, I just got this sickness. I've had it all my life and my mama had it and, and, and her mama had it and, and her mama had it. 
Well, they're, they're, part of the issue is they may be bringing it on themselves because they're giving more attention. They're claiming that sickness more than they're claiming what Jesus did, right? But if I have somebody come up to me and say that, I don't just say, no, you don't have that. Why? The, the word says be gentle. Gentle. Now, the Holy Ghost may have you say that sometime to wake somebody up. Nicole will tell you, one of the, one of the you know, times that she was not my favorite fan the most was a time where I said, you just need to get over it. She was, she was not happy with me. But I didn't tell her that through Brian. That came from the Holy Ghost, and it was the time. She had built up to a point, built up, and she needed that breakthrough. She needed that punch. And she knew she needed to get over it, but she was kind of wallowing in the pity of herself. And the Holy Ghost said, no, it's time for you to break this once and for all. And when I said that, she might have been mad at me, but she took the mad at me and pointed it towards the devil, and she got through, right? It was the Holy Spirit empowering her. Now she looks back on that moment and says, I needed to hear that that day. But see, we'll hear stories like that, and we think that we're the voice of the Holy Ghost in everybody's life. You need to get over yourself, and you need to get over yourself, and you need to get over yourself, and you need to get and all of a sudden we're not the holy we're all in the flesh and all we're you know we're playing paying attention to the speck in other people's eyes and not and not the log that's in ours no love no mercy no grace you know no humility so we need to understand the difference between a spiritual truth and a physical fact and that spiritual truth always always supersedes it but i want you to see this is the main point of this message right here you don't receive the manifestation because you keep putting it off in the future. It says, believe that you have received it. I already have it. And then all of a sudden, when the devil comes at you and throws some kind of sickness or some kind of lack in your life, you'll be like, no way, this can't be here. It's not right. This is not according to the promise. It has no right to be here. I have already received it. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen it manifested yet, then you say, right now, Lord, I just stand up. Just stand with me right now. Just stand. That's not too bad. <laughs> Parrot said, you're not done yet. <laughs> Just close your eyes right now. What's that thing that you need that hadn't manifested yet? Wholeness in your body? Is it finances overflowing? Just, just play a little bit of music lightly. What is that thing? Is it peace? Is it rest? Is it protection? Is it vision? I need vision for my life. I need direction. I need to see what God's plan is. Is it restoration in a marriage or in a family? What's that thing? Is it, is it deliverance from bondages, addictions? You know, in salvation, when the, when the Lord says He's our Savior, 
Included in that word is a package of God's benefits, a package of his promises meant to be received. Just say this with me. Say, I'm going to receive them all today. Do I need more hunger and fire for God? He'll empower you to do that. I'm going to receive them all today. Say it with me again. I'm going to receive it all today. It says in salvation, it says not only does he save us, but he delivers us, he heals us, he provides for us, he restores us, he protects us. All of these things. In other words, when he says, I'm your savior, what does he save you from? Name it. If you need saving from something, he's the savior. So say this with me. Say, Lord, I receive all my saving today. I'm saved from everything today. We believe that we have received and we do not doubt in our heart and we confess it. What is it you're waiting on? He says that he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing. He says that he's granted you and given to you everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. So in other words, everything that you ever need, he's already said, he has said, God has said, our Father has said, it's yours. You have it now. It's yours. You have it now. Say it with me. Say, it's mine. I have it now. That thing... It's mine. I have it now. It's manifesting as we speak. I believe that I have received it. I'm not waiting on it. I have it now. It's not in the future. It's mine now. I have health in my body. Wholeness. Fullness. It's mine now. I have it. I have finances, overflow, abundance. I have received it now. It's mine. I have received protection. I won't fear accidents. I won't fear crashes. I won't fear for my children. We have protection. I have received protection now. Protection is mine now. Deliverance is mine now. Every bondage is broken now. Every addiction is broken now. I have it. I receive it. It's mine. I'm not waiting on it. I have restoration. Now, everything that needs to be restored... It is restored. I have it now. I'm receiving the fullness. His glory. Now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Oh, yeah. Just keep receiving. 
Just keep receiving. I have peace now. If I say something and you just need it, just, you just confess it for yourself. You don't have to shout it, but you don't have to be quiet either. I have joy now. I have peace now. I have grace now. I have all grace abounding in my life. I have everything I need. God is so good. He's given me everything. I'm not waiting on it. It's mine now. It's manifesting now. I have finances now. I'm out of debt, and I carry a debt-canceling anointing. I walk in the full manifestation of Christ. Now, I have every inheritance that he wants me to have. Now, I'm not waiting on it. I'm a part of a body walking in the fullness now. And because we receive it, we'll see it. We'll see things other people don't. Because we've received them. It's a promise. It's meant to be received so that we can give. Thank you, Father. I receive it now. I receive fullness now. I receive breakthrough now. Yeah. I receive breakthrough now. Glory to God. Glory to God. She's getting it. I receive it now. Right now, I just want you to just get out of your head. Get out of your reasoning. Lord, you love me. This is what it's all based on. Lord, you love me. It's not what I've faced. It's not where I come from. It's based on your love. It's where you came from. You came to this earth from a place of love. Right now, I receive the love. I receive your love. I know I might have done it to myself, but I receive your love. Now, see, I'm leading you in this, but this is simply the same thing that you can do every day of the week, every hour of the day. Lord, I receive your love right now in this instant. Now, when the attack comes, this is the last thing the flesh wants to do is stop and give God the glory and receive it. It's the last thing, but you've got to make up your mind now. When it comes, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to receive. I'm going to stop, and I'm going to receive. I'm going to stop and I'm going to receive. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive now. We're a different people. In Jesus' name. If you need to still receive, you just keep standing. If you feel like you've received it all, then go ahead and be seated for just a second. If you've received something today, like you could tell, things are manifesting now. Something changed in me and in my heart. Just raise your hand so I can see it. I received today. Glory to God. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. 